Welcome to Season 8 of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise on facilitating leadership learning. Passionate about leadership education? You want to expand your resource toolbox with practical teaching, learning, and program design strategies? This is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins, Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. And I am Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University. Welcome to 2023. What's going on? All kinds of stuff going on. Ready to uh, jump right into the spring 2023 semester, which I can't believe is here. It is wild. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I started doing the backwards math and I'm like, I graduated in 2003. That means my reunion is coming up. Like nobody needs to do that math. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I may or may not have a, a milestone high school reunion coming up here soon. Uh, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Which I'm not sure if I can get to lots and lots of things going on with family travel and other work commitments and things, which I, I will be disappointed not to get down for a, a milestone high school reunion, but who knows? Things might change. Maybe, maybe I'll, they did, they did sell uh, the uh, winning Powerball in Maine. I may or may not have that winning ticket. They're still, <laughs> <laughs> although you have I, that winning ticket, they were not here. recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We got to talk. <laughs> so okay. what do you I'm looking forward to this semester. It should be should be a fun one. So probably, I'd, gosh, I have so many favorite classes, which I think is a good problem to have. But definitely one of my one of my uh, top two or three is the collegiate leadership competition course. So I've got a course where we, we do it as an academic course at University of Southern Maine. I know not all universities and colleges that do the collegiate leadership competition do it as an academic course. Uh, many do it as a co-curricular experience, but uh, I've got, and it looks like it's all undergraduate students this year. This will be the first time that I haven't had a mix of undergrads and grads, but looking forward to some of the students. I, I do know they've had a class with me before, uh, but some are some names that I've never seen before as I look at that roster. So looking forward to meeting them. Uh, it'll actually be tomorrow at the date that we're recording this. We go back to our spring semester at USM, the week here of the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. So classes start on a Tuesday, which I always thought was interesting because what if you have a Monday class? Uh, You don't start until week two, but um, that's academic calendars and federal holidays. They don't always uh, work in sync, nor do spring breaks at your university and your kids' schools sometimes and all kinds of other logistical stuff. So got that one. And if you haven't checked out the Collegiate Leadership Competition, go over to collegiateleader.org. There's some pretty cool resources there. And and we've definitely had some of those folks on as guests previously. I'm also teaching our leadership education class for our graduate students. That's mostly doctoral students, uh, but we do have some master's students. And we also have a professional graduate uh, certificate in leadership education. So that that's a really fun course. And uh, I never thought I would have an opportunity to teach a course with a book that actually co-authored. So that book uh, that Kathy Guthrie and I auth- co-authored, The Role of Leadership Educators, Transforming Learning is one of our primary textbooks. And then um, our other primary text is D. Fink's Creating Significant Learning Experiences. We also had him on the podcast last spring. So kind of fun to actually have some personal connections to some of the folks that wrote some of the texts that we use. And so that's a 
just such a fun class to teach. And then my third class, now that I'm not department chair anymore from a second semester in a row, so back to teaching a full load at our university, it's a 3-3. And so my third class actually transformed a class I've probably taught in some version for the last 14 or 15 years, which is an intro to leadership class. And uh, But I will be teaching it fully asynchronous online with no class meetings this spring. So it meets a couple different core requirements at our university. And so I spent a couple of weeks over the break doing some transformation. I think the biggest lift for me uh, is going to be facilitating a virtual service learning project with the students. So they're going to be put into small groups and they've got to seek out some virtual service learning opportunities, uh, but come up with a project collectively. I'm going to put them in probably groups of three or four during the third week of the semester. And got a ton of resources I put together for them and reached out to my network too, because I have not done uh, that in a long time uh, as far as I guess, having an expectation that students will do some type of virtual service learning, although a little bit during the pandemic, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. So uh, more on that <laughs> later, Lauren. Like a good, a good full semester for you coming up for spring 2023. Yeah. What about you? You know, same old, same old. This semester I'm teaching leading groups and team building. I just, I've taught that class. I think this is my 10th year teaching that class. I believe I started in spring 2013 as an adjunct in that class after teaching for the first time fall 2012, a first year seminar on leadership. So I'm always excited. The class is great. The students overwhelmingly leave that class saying, you know, I didn't want to work in groups before, but now that I've taken this class, I've really appreciated it. One of the things I love about the podcast, but also about our leadership education community is there's so many valuable resources that are shared. So as long as I'm, you know, adding a, a reading or um, an activity, as well as listening to or reading the student feedback forms, the class generally goes pretty well. For example, uh, the textbook I use is um, a student selection, meaning I added it and the student said it makes it really easy to understand the concepts. And then from a teaching perspective, the activities um, and at the end are easy to do in class or to add to our discussion board. So I'm excited again to teach that class. Um, I'm also teaching news writing and media relations. So for those that don't know, I teach in a public relations program. I was in sports public relations for a really long time before moving into student affairs. And so I teach a 1000 level media relations, kind of what is media relations and, and how um, are public relations professionals? What are some of the things that they do? And then this semester, I'm teaching a graduate leading diverse teams course, which is probably one of my favorite courses to teach because there's there's so much information. There's not enough time, but the discussion is usually pretty good uh, amongst the course. Um, I get to meet new students. So you talked about how some of your students you've had before. In the leading diverse teams, I get to meet uh, you, you know those that are in the MNC graduate program at our school. And it's great because I, I'm, I don't know them. So it's an opportunity to, to get to know them. I, of course, have changed some of the assignments, added some new topics, including some around chat GPT, which is changing higher education. I love uh, the innovative approach our department chair has. He's like, you know, you know, it's going to exist. You know, students are going to use it. So how can you integrate it in a way that can help, but still require students to do the work? And so I'm excited about kind of talking about that this semester. I'm still scheduling our courses and have added some admin responsibilities. Our longtime office manager retired. 
So I'm helping out our chair where I can. Uh, she was wonderful and irreplaceable, and I'm happy that she's going to enjoy her retirement um, and, and still have her capacity. You know what I mean? Like she's moving, she's shaking, she's busy, um, and she, I think, is just going to have a great time in retirement. Um, and But it's also said, Lauren, if you need me, just text me. And I'm like, nope you are no longer paid by the university. I'll fumble through and figure it out and just text you with funny stories and pictures of the kids, right? So that's what's happening with me. Uh, We got a podcast, right? So we are are in our eighth (laughs) season. I'm really excited for this season. I'm always excited because there's a new theme, a new twist. Um, And so this year we're gonna focus on research and scholarship in our field. Uh, Our centering question is going to be, where do leadership educators go for research? And we've got a full slate of folks to talk to, including journal editors, um, publications for practitioners, leadership scholars, and peer reviewers. We're looking to tackle this from as many perspectives as possible so that no matter where you are in leadership education, you can find something in, in the episodes for you. Before we get to season eight, let's give you an update on the podcast kind of from a macro level. So Lauren and I first met to start connecting and chatting about the podcast idea in like late summer, early fall 2019. Although uh, if you've uh, listened for some time, we've uh, talked a little bit about some of the origin stories and and those types of things. So you have to dive into the archives to to dig some of that up. Uh, We won't bore you with that again on this episode. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) But we started recording shortly before um, the COVID pandemic. So our first episodes dropped in December of 2019. Uh, we split into two seasons that first semester, kind of like the late 2019, early uh, 2020. We started by discussing who are leadership educators, talking about attending conferences that leadership educators might uh, get some uh, really, really uh, strong professional development opportunities from. And then we added some episodes to help leadership educators navigate the pandemic. Uh, And still, um, at this point, um, interestingly enough, our March 2020 episode is still our most downloaded podcast episode uh, to date, which was about navigating leadership education during the pandemic. And we recently surpassed 25,000 downloads. So thank you, thank you, thank you to our listeners for all of your support. Yeah, right. We couldn't do it without our listeners. I always think back to our first conversation, like if we get 200 downloads, I feel like we'll be doing it. And now we're at 25,000, which which, we don't take any of those downloads for granted. And we kind of hustle to get those downloads Mm because we know that the conversations are extremely valuable. I think throughout our three years of working together, that value has also shown uh, because we've been able to get some organizational partners in the process. Um, We will start with, you know, the financial support that we received from the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia, facilitated by ALE member Dr. Keith Herndon, the William S. Morris Chair in New Strategy and Management. He was instrumental in getting funding and helping think through ideas and even just giving some resources uh, to help us get started And he was also featured on an episode discussing podcasting and leadership development. So if you dig through the archives, you can hear him talk about, you know, the ways in which we can learn through podcasting technology. Yeah, definitely. We've definitely built out with some of the the work that he's done in that area too. Um, And the ALE, Association of Leadership Educators, they've supported us from the start. I mean, the idea kind of came out of some of their uh, focused area networks. Uh, meetings. So they've got different member communities in the ALE. And this one 
came from a, our a pedagogy and andragogy fan. And so that was great to kind of bring that to fruition. Uh, and if you have not checked out ALE before, head over to leadershipeducators.org. In fact, the call for proposals for their 2023 conference in Nashville, Tennessee is out. Submissions close February 10th. And that conference this year is July 16th through 19th. 2023. I, I actually have Nashville circled because the thing I love about conferences is if you get the right city, you can go and see a couple of things. I got a cousin who has a baby there. And so I'm trying to go see my little baby cousin. She was just born last year. Right. So cute. All I've seen are the pictures. I need to hold my cousin in person. So I get to, you know, do two things, hang out with leadership educators possibly and see my baby cousin. I hope that, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I've got family there too, although sadly I uh, I have some family conflicts this year. And for the first time since I was a doctoral student, I'm not gonna be able to make it to ALE this year. I'm really disappointed about that, but uh, hopefully next year I'll get back on back on that schedule and uh, see if we can uh, not schedule those things during the same time. Although ALE doesn't uh, generally meet during this time frame, They usually are scheduled their conference a week earlier. And then I think even a couple of times they did it in late June. Um, during the pandemic. So uh, we'll, we'll see what the conference date looks like for 2024. And hopefully I get back out there. Um, but also, so our other big champion that has supported the podcast is International Leadership Association. So we partner with them on guests, sharing episodes, other information. We recently recorded some special episodes with their ILE Legacy honorees, those Lifetime Achievement Awards in Leadership Education, uh, Drs. Susan Kamavez and Dr. Barbara Crosby. They also have their global conference coming up a little bit later in the year. So that's in October. That's uh, online the 3rd to 4th of October, and then in person the 12th to 15th of October in Vancouver, Canada. That call for proposals is up at ilaglobalconference.org, and those proposals are due by February 20th. Oh, and then one last thing from ILA. So those that listen uh, know that we're big fans of, and uh, I had a very big personal uh, I guess, contribution into the creation of the Leadership Education Academy. So registration for that is also open. If you head over to ilaglobalnetwork.org, it's forward slash leadership dash education dash academy. But if you were to just Google ILA's LEA or ILA's Leadership Education Academy, uh, registration for that, again, is open. That's going to be in St. Paul, Minnesota, July 31st through August 3rd. So get that on your calendar. Uh, that is one of the premier professional development opportunities for leadership educators and our slate of uh, facilitators is just incredible this year. I'll, I'll co-sign I, and I do not get paid in any way for this co-sign, but it was one of the more beneficial experiences I've had. And the thing that's challenging is you cater, you, you it's for anybody interested in leadership education, regardless if, if you have one year or 10 years or 20 years. And I felt like the things I was, you know, saying that I was missing in conference experiences was in the leadership uh the Leadership Education Academy experience. And so if you have not gone, I suggest going. I know I'll probably in a couple of years go in person again. I did the online uh, session and it was fine, but I also think I could complement it or add um, the in-person experience. It's a good refresher. It's good introduction. And, and it's great, especially for those who did not have like a leadership education undergrad experience. You know, it kind of takes you from 101 to grad school in the, in the speech. So if that's open late July, Minnesota will not be freezing cold. 
Um, I, I want to co-sign folks going to that for sure. So as I said earlier, we're focused on research and scholarship this season. Our intention is so that we can continue adding value to the conversation. So if you listen to our podcast, the we script our intro, we script our outro, but in between is we're just listening to what folks are sharing and kind of digging in in the same way we would if we were having a conversation at a conference. Um, listening to the podcasts. Uh, especially those about research can help leadership educators stay informed about the latest development and trends, which can aid in their own research and teaching. When we didn't have conferences to attend during, you know, that six month to like 18 month period, depending on what organization you were a part of, when we didn't have in-person conferences, we missed those conversations. But many of our listeners have shared that they were learning about trends and practices from the guests that we brought on. I know specifically for me, I, I could list probably like 50 episodes where I took something away. More recently, mentoring diverse leaders researchers, Dr. Audrey Murray and Dr. Stacey Blake Beard, after listening to their podcast, I pulled a chapter to discuss in my group's class and added the book to the recommended book list that I give to my leading diverse teams course. So, you know, while we, our intention is to provide this, our leadership educators, we benefit from this as well and find that it's, it's transformed the way that we're doing teaching. For me, I think it was and it was kind of funny because I had read so much of Stephen Brookfield's work. And when we had him on the podcast in uh, last spring, so check check that one out uh, for sure. If you're integrating any type of uh, discussion-based pedagogy or any type of critical thinking, uh, metacognition, any of that kind of stuff, that is definitely uh, an episode that you're going to just love. And I'm always looking for new and innovative ways to kind of, I guess, mix up or shake up discussion uh, because it's, uh, you know, it's our signature Pedagogy is kind of our go-to instructional strategy, whether we're teaching online, face-to-face, -face, or blended, or uh, some combination thereof. And his website and several of his books are just loaded with different strategies. I think he has a book called like The Discussion Book, and it's got like 50 different exercises and strategies and approaches and rubrics and uh, facilitator guides. I mean, you name it for enhancing discussion in your classes. And I've uh, started to just kind of pilot and experiment with some of the ideas that, that he has. And I'm definitely putting some of that into, I mentioned the uh, intro to leadership class that I've transformed for online. And uh, I, I want the discussion boards not to just be the same old stuffy discussion boards. And so there's a lot of things that I'm going to be integrating uh, into that to really get learners to engage with, with one another. Um, and I think in ways that uh, will be a little bit different than what they may have already experienced in some of their online classes. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really, really diving in, uh, excited uh, about teaching that class for the first time online. You know, you mentioned the pedagogy the, uh, season we did uh, last spring, spring 2022, and it reminded me of our conversation with Kathleen Gabriel. Um, she is the author of Teaching Un Unprepared Students, and that episode for me was so enlightening. So I'd seen the book and I'd heard about the book, but hearing her bring to life its origins, how you know she, I think, started working in high school, and then when she got to working with college students, you know, she really embraced the idea of differentiation before a lot of folks did. And so that episode was so valuable just in hearing those strategies and, and getting, you know, there's a shift happening in higher education where students need to be able to kind of chart their own learning path. And that book made it so easy. And that episode made it so easy to encourage students to do that. One of the things I had 
was doing, but put more emphasis on was like a centering question in my classes to make it so that they would really take the material and as they're piecing through it, figure out what works for them. So for my leading groups class, my, my centering question is always, what strategies from this topic or from this area can you apply to your experience, either leading groups or being a part of groups. And so what I love is throughout the semester, students will say, yeah, well, I tried this in my you know student org or I tried this in my other group project and it actually worked and and it, it was meaningful because to me it made it so that they weren't just reading the material and processing it for an assignment but they were really believing that they could take this and apply it to life and see how it worked for them and it gave them like the enough differentiation so that they knew every strategy wasn't going to work, but this strategy might work for them. So, you know, it's been been really helpful to hear some of this, this literature. And this season, we'll focus a lot more on that. Yeah, I'm really excited about what we've got lined up for, for this season, which in some ways is going back to some of the roots of, of where we started, as you think about, where, you know, where do we go for, for information? Where do we go for scholarship? Where do we go for professional development as folks who work in leadership education, training and development, uh, mostly in higher ed, but also in a lot of other contexts, as I know that we've got listeners that, uh, you know, span from the uh, traditional college spaces, both in person and online, and uh, but also in training and development and some coaching and uh, some other uh, places and spaces outside of, of uh, academia. And as we think about like, where might we learn new research methodologies? Like where can we get new tools and how is technology, you know, uh, I guess kind of disrupting, that's the word I'm looking for. How is technology disrupting all the things that we're thinking about as we dive in uh, this spring too? And, and also as you think about research, whether it be for uh, conference presentations or proposals, but also doing some of that uh, research on your own or trying to get that next article into a peer-reviewed journal. How do you find potential collaborators and, and funding opportunities? And so, you know, there's, you really can't uh, learn enough about different ways or methods for uh, approaching scholarship in our field. And I, there's quite a lot of resources that are coming out in the next year or so as well. And some of our guests this season, so we've we're going to have uh, Dr. Jackie Bruce, who's the editor of the Journal of Leadership Education. So looking forward to that conversation. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Dave Rush and Danielle DeSoul, who are the uh, editorial team for the Journal of Campus Activities, Practice, and Scholarship. So great conversation uh, with them that we've already recorded. So that one uh, was definitely a lot of fun as we kind of uh, expand some of those places where leadership educators might think to look for uh, literature in their field. Uh, and then, you know, thinking about that, while we might have some that seem much more traditional, like the Journal of Leadership <laughs> Education, um, but we also have found a lot of great literature and uh, practitioner forward types of applications in uh, two management education journals. So we're going to have uh, Jen Lee and Melanie Robinson, who are the editors for the Journal of Management education, as well as Gordon Schmidt and Carrie Brandon from the Management Teaching Review. So kind of be uh, have one foot in the leadership educator and one foot in the management educator space uh, as well during this season of our episodes. And so we're really excited to uh, expand a bit. Um, and we'll also have some folks that are doing some uh, research in different areas, some that are extremely, uh, maybe we'll say, very, very, very productive folks, as well as some uh, new graduates of PhD programs that are kind of making some splashes. We'll also talk about the peer review process, talk about the conference review process. I think we, we really, really, uh, I'm going to have some great conversations uh, around the scholarship of teaching and learning in our field this season. 
you know, you brought up two really interesting points. The first one is you mentioned a couple of names and I do want our guests to know you're going to hear some repeat guests like Gordon Schmidt. He's an editor, but he also did an episode with us on leadership assemble, leaders assemble, where he talked about MCU, Marvel comic universe and leadership. I love that episode because I've been watching MCU movies like this anyway. And so to have a companion book uh, from someone so knowledgeable in the field of management and leadership was incredibly fulfilling. It was like the, the nice little gift, the nice little present you didn't expect. And then Dave Rush, he just did an NDSL episode, which will come out this season. He also is the editor of JCAPS. And so we'll talk to him in two different capacities. Um, the other thing too, and, and oh, well, let me, don't forget to add this. Dan will also talk about research as he is one of the prominent ones in our field. He won't brag on himself. I have no problem doing that. Um, but we'll talk about that because ultimately we want to try and paint this picture from multiple perspectives. The other thing you said that was interesting was the tech piece, the new tools and technology. Um, we have had simulations, we've had assessments, but we may need to start asking questions around artificial intelligence. And so if not this year, definitely in future seasons, we have to consider that technology and leadership piece and podcasting included, but also other spaces. And so, you know, as we're thinking about this episode and just kind of wrapping this episode up, Dan, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add before we close out. I think the one last thing to add, so there's one other event that I think folks will find interesting, which is really excited about the Global Followership Conference. So if you, we have had some of these folks on our podcast before um, that are part of the organizing team, uh, thinking about Mark Mark Hurwitz and Rachel Thompson, they co-edited that New Directions uh, for Student Leadership on Followership Education, uh, Sharna Fabiano and her book, Lead and Follow. And so th there's a, a great team of folks that uh, are putting together what will be the second uh, ever Global Followership Conference, March 24th to 26th, 2023. I think there's still an early bird if you register before February 1st, but check that out. That's going to be in Newport News, Virginia at Christopher Newport University. So uh, I will definitely be at that one. Uh, that does not uh, conflict with a big uh, family <laughs> type of thing like ALE, unfortunately. So, but looking forward to uh, heading over to Newport News uh, at the end of March. You know, I felt you in your spirit when you talked about like the summer camp conflicts and mm. family conflicts. I feel like July is full of that for mm. me. It's usually family reunion time, summer camp. You know, it's the one month where I kind of can get all my travel in. So I appreciate your your experience for sure. Um, well, that is our season intro episode. Again, we're excited for you to listen this season and share. We've heard from so many of you. Um, episode ideas, how you've appreciated the episodes, how you're reaching out to the guests after you listen to an episode. Don't forget us here. Reach out to us as well. We always look forward to hearing your thoughts and we wish you the best of luck as you start out on your year and also start your semester. Do you connect with leadership educators virtually? please follow us on social media. Search the Leadership Educator Podcast on LinkedIn to find our page. And find us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod for episode release information, show notes, and upcoming events. You can connect with me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore Leadership. And Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Miss Laura J-B. You can find the episodes wherever podcasts are available. We also encourage you to please subscribe at theleadershipeducator.com and rate us five stars as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. 
we'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And our wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matt White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies at the University of South Carolina. Check him out at mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our audience. And finally, we are grateful for the support of two professional associations that are destinations for leadership educators, the Association of Leadership Educators and the International Leadership Association. ALE, which funded the start of the podcast, continues to promote our mission of continuing conversations with leadership professionals. Check out all that ALE has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. The global reach of the ILA has helped us to expand our listenership beyond our original borders. Check out the ILA's programs and resources at ilaglobalnetwork.org.